Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week, we're discussing chapters 49 through 56 of The Blood of Olympus. This is the second to last episode, not only of this book, but of this series. That's so wild. I'm like, it almost feels like it's the end, though, because there's only two little chapters left after this. Which is really weird. I'm excited though, like next week to like wrap it all up and do all the like the remaining fan questions and all that stuff. But like, oh my gosh, it's really wild that we finished two series now. Pretty. Much. I know. I'm glad that we took the time to do this over again because honestly, this series was in my mind not a great series, and I feel mm-hmm. like that has been changed. Mm. So that's really nice, and it's making me more excited for the next set that we do. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'll have to see what my reread of Trials of Apollo is, but I remember initially thinking it was, like, a better story. Obviously, I love the characters more in Heroes of Olympus, but I, my experience of Trials of Apollo is that it's a better done story. So... I'm excited to see what you think. Yeah, I'm excited. I have no idea what to expect. I'm excited to see the characters in a way I haven't seen them before. So that'll be really fun. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like not to get mushy on Maine, but um, Mm -hmm. we wanted to say a big shout out. And we'll do this again at the end next um, episode. But everyone has been so kind and sent us such lovely messages so far on Instagram. As you get ready for the end of this series, it's just been like the fact that you all take the time and spend your time to listen to us talking is just beyond. And not only that, you participate and you provide a really great insight. You make me and Aaron die of laughter every time (laughs) you send us a DM. You guys are so funny and witty and I just absolutely adore everything that's come our way. It's also just been an overwhelming amount of kindness. I know that the mm-hmm. internet can be a scary place, but everyone has been to us and not to like jinx it, but everyone has been so kind and so thoughtful and no one has, you know, been weird or anything like that. So that's <laughs> yeah. just been, the internet is a weird place and we haven't gotten any weirdness that we don't appreciate. So that's like you're inviting great. the demons in right now. <laughs> I know. I'm actually challenging everyone to bully us. Like it's time. No. It's been too. The nice only so like far. questionable review we've gotten was someone saying <laughs> that they didn't. They were like they shouldn't pretend to be demigods. It's like, do you think we think we're demigods? Because I'm obsessed with that. I love. I love that for us. I cannot <laughs> that we're imagine that crazy. being an adult in this society and believing that I'm a demi. Like you know, shout out to mom and dad, but I've never assumed that my mom and or dad yeah. was a god. That's true. I feel like there was maybe a moment in my childhood where I was like, after I read Percy Jackson, where I was like, could no. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, dang, I look too much like them. I know. Not not even, no adoption stories. I know that was like a big no. thing when we were younger. Because you're like, how else will we be the lost hero? And it was like, our parents aren't our parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, re- reiterate what you said. Everyone's been so nice. And I like, I always feel so much, whenever we take a break, which is like, not just with this pot, it's with everything in my life. I'm convinced that if I stop doing things, I'm like, nobody's going to care anymore, which is, you know, my own problem. But um, (laughs) whenever we take a break, I'm like, oh gosh, like, what if we lose listeners? But I'm like, no, these people are so nice. And they've like, anytime in between seasons when we take a month or two months off, they're always like, yay, when we come back. And I love that. View us as human beings. Yeah, Not just Percy Jackson podcasters. 
<laughs> what I put on my resume all the time. Mm. Oh, man. You imagine? Bring that up in an interview. Mm-hmm. There are some situations where you could get a job for that. But is it a job that I want? Is the question. Probably not, considering you're going to school for like computer science. <laughs> They'd probably be like, what is Percy Jackson? It's like, I'm sorry, why are you hyperfixating on a book that came out in 2007? Be like, actually, they're making a show right now, so like, this is relevant. I'm hip. You know, we're we're gonna be back into Percy Jackson. We're going to be going back to see Taylor Swift. Everything is oh, coming full circle. Everything's coming back. We better be going. By the time this episode comes out, we'll know if we got tickets for. Oh my gosh. Okay, you need oh. to calm down. <laughs> I need to calm down. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. I'm gonna be like, this will make me cry if I don't get tickets and I listen back. So like, I might have to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, we have a long episode because in this last second to last set of chapters, we have um, two separate wars and the resolution to everything all happen in eight chapters. Uh, yeah. So- so, um, a summary, Jason's going to fight two separate wars, and he's going to have some bonding time with his dad, while Nico and his friends low-key commit murder. Nice. All right, so Jason, chapters 49 through 52. The last Jason chapters ever. We don't have to deal with him, his perspective again. Honestly, these chapters were not bad, so not a bad way to yeah. end with Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and who knows when um, Percy comes back, when he's doing his whole Rome finding his letter of Rex, maybe we'll see oh. Jason again. Yeah, yeah. We'll true. have a perspective of Jason, though, because yeah. only Percy. Unless Rick, you know, you never know what Rick, what that man's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay, so chapter 49. As he imagines he's going to die, Jason's life flashes before his eyes. He sees himself as an old and gray man with Piper as his wife on the front porch of their house in California. He sees their grandchildren sitting at his feet, asking him what happened that day in Athens when Gaia woke up. What happened is that the seven are surrounded by giants about to face doom when the sky opens up and the gods come and finally fucking participate in a war they created. A supersized Zeus comes down in a chariot being pulled by what Jason at first thinks are wind horses, but when he looks closely, he realizes it's the four wind gods that have been like harassing him this whole series who keep coming in and out. Boreas, Borearis, what was those guys? Yes. You remember? Yeah. Yeah, the one the one that was hitting on Piper. Exactly. Well, they're yeah. strapped to Zeus's chariot and trying to break free but he's basically harnessed the wind gods themselves nike breaks out of the stables on the argo 2 with her mind restored and she charges hera is in her chariot being pulled by her giant peacocks which are her birds which i think is the stupidest thing i've ever heard because they're flightless why would you choose those birds to pull your chariot and just like they can't even run that fast so she's just kind of going slowly i don't know it's for the aesthetic i, I guess hera would hera would no function all aesthetic mm-hmm. Ares is riding a fire horse and he's just having a great time he's happy to be involved this is his favorite place in the world it's which is war the gods join their respective children and each go after a specific giant annabeth and athena fight in sicilius what Enchiladaman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we say his name? Enceladus? 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 I don't know. Okay. Annabeth and Athena fight Enceladus, driving him into a wall of metal scaffolding, which topples on him. Frank is an elephant, and Ares and him smash through an entire horde of giants. Hazel is on Once Arian's- again, Frank's main morphs are main ones and anamorphs. Elephant is like a main morph and anamorph. Anyway... <laughs> to be fair, those are probably the better animals to fight with, you know, besides apparently a swarm of bees. Yeah, the bees don't work, but <laughs> apparently they do for Frank. Hazel is on Arian's back, disappearing into the mist and reappearing to stab giants with the help of Hecate. Jason doesn't see Hades, but anytime a giant falls to the ground, the underworld swallows them up. Percy is fighting the twin giants with Poseidon, who is some reason still wearing his Hawaiian shirt. Which, like, I understood what Rick was trying to do there, where Jason looks over and he sees Percy fighting with some man 
who has a Hawaiian shirt on, and it's a callback for us to know that's Poseidon without him having yeah. to name Poseidon. But I started going on a little tangent of like Zeus is in supersized form, and Poseidon is like still in dad mode with his stupid Hawaiian shirt on. I feel like it fits Rick's characterization of Poseidon and Zeus, but in most Greek mythology, like Poseidon would be trying to one up Zeus. Oh, 100%. He would not be wearing a <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. Piper is fencing with a huge Periobia, the giantess, and holding her own. Jason's like, oh, she's the most impressive. She's beautiful. You know, he's having his own dialogue. Mm -hmm. As um, Aphrodite throws flower petals into the giant's eyes and tells Piper, you know, great job, honey, and gives her positive reinforcement. You know, very helpful. Mm, Yes. Leo is fighting from the deck of the Argo too, dropping hammers and shooting the ballistae with the help of Hephaestus, who is focusing on keeping the ship afloat. Jason is fighting Porphyrion with his dad, which brings up all of his daddy issues mid-battle. He like looks at Zeus and he's like, this is the first time he's even met his father, which Dang. I went on a tangent, which I can go into my notes real quick to talk about. So like... In this situation, Percy has met Zeus more times than Jason has. That sucks. Which sucks, which also leads me to believe that even though we're supposed to think of Jason as Percy's equal, like his Roman equivalent, he's clearly not. Like, he's never been asked to meet the gods. I don't think he's ever met the gods in person. Whereas Percy's like offered immortality yeah because the camp half-blood is definitely favored i feel like or maybe the greek got the greek aspects of the gods like to chill out with their kids more than the roman ones do i i mean i it just kind of seems like maybe the romans aren't as good as they think they are yeah which is embarrassing for this entire (laughs) series being like roman or greek and clearly there's an answer Clearly, the Greeks are the better choice. Except the Romans have college, so, like... <laughs> they have higher You education. might live past 18, but, yeah. like... Yeah. But you don't have For your what? parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the gods aren't super involved with the Roman camp because a lot of... They have parents. Like, they have other demigods who are That's adults. That's true. Because <laughs> a lot of them aren't, like, direct children of gods. A lot no. of them are, like, descendants. And, like, whereas Camp Half-Blood, the only adult is Chiron and Dionysus occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of them really count. No. (laughs) Basically, Jason talks about how Zeus, he's never met Zeus before, but he does feel like Zeus's presence is super reassuring. Like everything about Mm -hmm. Zeus reminds him of all the good memories that he's had in his life. And by having Zeus stand next to him, he feels more powerful and he feels really secure in who he is. Um, anyway, together they back Porphyrion to a cliff and Zeus calls for Jason. He's like, my son, which we have a whole montage of Jason being like, yes, that is correct. I am your son. I am the son of Jupiter or Zeus or whatever. And I am a- Jupiter. Jupiter. (laughs) Went to Jupiter to get more stupider. (laughs) Um... Well, which he's like, I, I know who I am now. And I was like, bro, we've done this. We've been so here. many times. Each chapter, he's like, I know who I am now. He's like, it finally clicks. I'm like, I oh, sure hope so. Because this is your last set of chapters. This if is you your last chance. Now, <laughs> Jason cuts the giant's sword in half and then stabs him and then summons the winds to blast Porphyrion off of the cliff. As he's falling, Zeus summons lightning and zaps the giant in air, basically not letting him return to Gaia in any form to reform. He's like, you will never return to your mother. And so he just like fries him in the air and turns him to ash. Mm. Zeus then has this quote-unquote tender moment with Jason, saying he wishes they could talk more. But as the king of gods, he cannot show any favoritism to his children. I was like, he fully favors Talia all the time. Yeah. And he like is does so super openly in PJO. But he turned you know. her into a tree, which like is not. It's a weird way to show favoritism, but like he clearly cared more about her. But even when they were like at 
Olympus in the third book. And he was like, oh, clearly my daughter is the best. And she's the one who won this battle. And Percy sucks. Like, that's clear favoritism. It's just like you're telling your least favorite child, like, oh, I can't help you because I'm not supposed to be involved. (laughs) Yikes. He tells Jason that since birth, Jason was destined to be Hera's, even though no one really wanted that. It's basically to appease Hera because Zeus fucked around. Zeus Mm. says that no matter what, he wants Jason to know that he is proud of the man he's become, and he does not hold Jason responsible for anything that's happened. But that's basically Zeus saying that someone must take the blame. So that was a huge-ass battle that just all happened in one chapter. It was ridiculous to read it was cool because it's finally being able to see like each parent kind of you know pair up with their child and also the skills that they all have are really important regardless of what their skills are that was nice but it literally like (laughs) it could have done this like four books before and it would have been done yeah Yeah. the gods just didn't want to help which like on brand on brand. But we'll dang. we get into that in chapter 50. Mm. So chapter 50, nothing is left of the giants except for ash and some burning dreadlocks. So it was like, shout out to Brittany. <laughs> the, the, even the hair, the, the, the hair out. It withstands. Yeah. yeah. She's like the Edna mode of doing hair, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Argo 2 is still afloat, though badly burned, and Leo looks just as bad. The gods fan out in a semicircle, all of them except Ares in a bad mood. They are waiting for Zeus's judgment. Piper asks Zeus if Reyna and Nico have made it to camp okay, and Zeus confirms they have, but they still are in danger. Hera decides to then, in this moment, basically not being able to read the room, takes charge and congratulates her heroes and takes credit for the entire plan of going against her husband's wishes and wiping everyone's memory. She's like, I knew it would turn out well. Everything has gone exactly how I meant it to. I'm so glad to be, you know, this, I'm a genius, which obviously is not taken well by Zeus, who says that there is never only one way a prophecy should be interpreted. And the way that Hera chose caused a lot lot of problems. And a lot of that still needs cleaning up. Zeus is mad, but he also lets her mostly off the hook because the plan did end up turning okay because she has good tastes in heroes, which is like basically saying you're lucky that, you know, Percy and co were able to clean up your mess. Yeah. And Zeus does make a good point. He's like, I know we've been discussing this all series of like prophecy is going to turn out whichever way it's going to, it's always going to turn out one way, but Zeus makes a good point that there's three fates. So there's always multiple avenues a prophecy could turn out, and by choosing or deciphering it yourself, you make it come out a certain way. And that's what Hera had done, and he's not happy of the way that it was chosen. I think in his mind, the way he had chosen, which was to like not be involved, would have not <laughs> woken Gaia. It. Yeah, Gaia wouldn't have woken up at all. But like clearly that's the wrong decision because it wasn't working. But we'll never know. Basically, Zeus lets her off the hook, but Apollo, on the other hand, Apollo looks like a teenager and he's scolded like one. He is in trouble for deceiving Zeus twice, falling for Octavian's flattery, and prematurely revealing a prophecy that may have destroyed them all, yet it still could have the potential to destroy them all. Zeus sends him back to Olympus to have his fate decided later, which I was like, oh, this is where the trials of Apollo come from. The trials begin! (laughs) Zeus turns to start blaming other gods, but that's when Jason steps in. He says that he promised to honor all the minor gods and that blaming each other was not going to help. Annabeth and Percy jump in to talk about how Gaia is the main issue they need to focus on. Athena tells them that Gaia is rising to attack camp, which I was like, why is she, why is she going after some teenagers? Like, we <laughs> don't understand. Why doesn't she go after, like... The people who are actually destroying the environment. I know. She's you know? like, I'm going to go, go after, after fossil th- fuels. <laughs> what if I go after this summer camp of like 13 year olds? Who are just trying to climb a lava wall. I know. They're just trying to escape the city for a good summertime. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Earth is like, no, the worst thing you could possibly do. Go to camp. <laughs> 
The gods cannot help them in this, though. They explain that needing mortals to do their bidding is what keeps them tethered and codependent to the mortal realm. So they'll have to do this alone. Aphrodite explains it. She's like, it's really shitty that we can't help you, but this is... And we wish that we didn't rely on you as much as we did, but this is how we keep the cycle going, and it's been the way since the dawn of time. Sounds like a not great cycle. No, okay. it doesn't. It's like, hmm, how does generational trauma start? Well, it's out of our hands, because that's what Sorry. The fates told us it was, yeah. Zeus suggests that he will, like, quote-unquote, slap them back to camp on the Argo 2, but if he does, the ship will fall apart once it's there. Nike mentions that victory is always dangerous and that Leo knows what she's talking about. Jason doesn't like this at all. It reminds him about talking to Asclepius and when Leo had realized something that he needed to do. He comforts himself with the knowledge that Piper has the physician's cure so they can keep them both covered no matter what Leo's plans are. So they board the ship for the last time. Chapter 51. The ship is literally slapped by a hundred foot tall Zeus and it starts falling apart as they get near camp. I love the visual of him slapping it. That's so stupid. It's so stupid. And it's basically Jason was like, hey, can we like use your winds to like get ourselves back to camp? And Zeus like, I can slap you. (laughs) He's like, excuse me, what? He's like father of the year. Um, Yeah. Frank turns into a dragon and Hazel, Percy, and Annabeth fly off with him. Jason grabs Piper, but when he tries to grab Leo, Leo rushes him off saying he has a plan. They land into utter chaos. A vast army of monsters is spread across the hill surrounding two tiny islands of demigods fighting under the Athena Parthenos' feet. Jason sees Nico and Reyna fighting in the front lines of one island and he feels super happy to see them both. He also knows that he doesn't see Octavian anywhere and he's kind of glad about it. Reyna and Piper have a cute reunion, leaving Jason out of it, which I was like, <laughs> I love that in PJO, Rick says, like, no love, tr- love triangle is ever going to end the way you think it's going to. Actually, it's only going to end with female friendship, always. Yeah. Like, same with Like Rachel, Annabeth, Annabeth and Rachel, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nico asks if everyone is okay, and Jason says Leo is still on board the ship. Nico says he'll be fine as they watch a literal on-fire Argo 2 crash behind the hills. <laughs> In case he's not, though, they charge on behalf of Leo. Jason fights monsters with Nico until Will Solis comes up to Nico and tells him something. Nico explains to Jason that he has to go, and Jason nods him off. Connor Stoll comes over and takes Nico's place, and the fighting continues. Frank brings the second island of the isolated cohort back to the other campers, and everyone unites and continues to fight. The Roman army is organized and it has chance and it has like strategy and it moves quickly. Percy is leading the Greek army and he's like a fight or something. And Jason <laughs> notes that they're super unorganized, but he's like, they're the most enthusiastic group of fighters and so skillful that he has no choice but to adore them. At that moment, the ground ripples like a waterbed, and at the crest of the next hill, it beca- there's a huge column of swirling dirt and grass. A 20-foot-tall woman wearing a grass dress and with white skin like marble appears. The reason she hadn't appeared for so long was that Athena Parthenos was protecting the demigods, but it could only shield them for so long. Gaia moves her hands, and the ground starts to sink with all the demigods and even the monsters with it. The fear and chaos as the earth starts swallowing them starts, but is interrupted when a metal dragon just basically swats Gaia off the hillside. It's Festus, reborn with Leo on his bath. Leo calls to Jason and Piper, telling them to join him in the sky. The fight is about to begin. This is like episode, I'm sorry, episode. This is chapter three of four. Like, it's just like, so much has happened. So much. And also, like, it's resolved so quickly. Like what? Whiplash in these I, chapters. Which is why when I remember reading these, I was just like, oh, it's over? Like I didn't even yeah. like, comprehend it had happened. And so second read, I actually kind of know what else because we have to take like, like a book report on it. Um, <laughs> I actually know what happens. Or mm-hmm. else it's just kind of like it ends so quickly and I just like don't have any time to even process it. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a little rushed. I feel like it could have, like, if this had been the second half of the book instead of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess even going and getting Nike and doing all of that stuff, it would have been more. Or even if this had been a next book, 
and it had been mm-hmm. a little bit of a shorter book, I would have appreciated it more. I don't know. It's a lot like the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where it's like, just, it's like, very much it like it has a good start, and then, like, suddenly they're like, let's just finish this. Because mm-hmm. Rick was like, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> He's like, time for Apollo. Yeah. Alright, so chapter 52. Since Gaia has been yeeted into the sky, the ground stops sinking. Demigods are stuck in the mud and monsters are approaching. Jason grabs Piper and they take off after Leo into the sky. Percy wants to, like, he's like, we all have to move as a group, which felt very high school to me, where we're like, we all have to do something as a friend group together, or we can't do anything at all. We need a doodle pool so we can all (laughs) attend this gathering. And if one person can't make it, we just cancel the whole plan and all of us are mad about it. Or there's drama. Or there's drama. Or it's like, you know, it's there. There's a reason they're not there. It's because they hate us. Anyway, this is getting a bit too personal. (laughs) Um, But Percy wants them all to go together. But they all notice that the crew on the ground needs his help more. Jason's like, this is not your fight for the first time in your life. Let it go. Help the soldiers on the ground. And Percy eventually has to agree because they all need his help. As they fly, Piper chants so she's got the cure nervously. She's like, I've got, I I can fix this. None of my boys are going to die. They arrive at Festus, grappling the earth goddess in the air as Jason creates a storm. Leo's blasting the goddess with fire, calling her names, and basically, like, which I totally forgot, he's, like, saying that this is revenge for his mother. I was like, oh, yeah, guy killed your mom. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all of them can be kind of irritated with her. Like, Percy's like, oh, you took nine months of my life away. And Jason's like, same. And Leo's like, you killed my mom. Yeah. Leo (laughs) really has the most stake. They all thought I was the devil child. No one would take me in. Literally. It's valid. Leo Leo should be the one to kill Gaia. Leo's entire body is on fire at this point. And Gaia tries to turn into sand, disappear, and get away from them. But Jason calls the venti to swirl her back into place. They realize they need to keep Gaia away from the ground, which is her source of power. Jason also realizes that all the time that Leo had been working in the ship's hull for the last few weeks, he was rebuilding Festus. Jason moves Piper closer to Gaia, who then uses charm speak. And so I like wrote down what she said because it's like gaslight girl boss at the peak. Mm. She basically whispers in Gaia's ear, you are so weary. Eons of pain and disappointment weigh on you. Gaia tries to swap them away, but Festus catches them and Piper continues. Millennia of sorrow. Your husband, Orenus, was abusive. Your grandchildren of the gods overthrew your beloved children, the Titans. Your other children, the Cyclops, and the hundred-handed ones were thrown into Tartarus. You're so tired of heartache. Bullshit. Piper continues to suggest that Gaia wants to rest, not vengeance. She just needs to take a nap. She just wants to lie down. She just needs to give up. Gaia turns into human form and slumps over. Piper tells Leo that the charm speak won't last very long. Leo, who now looks like he's actually made out of fire, tells them to get out of there, that he's going to vaporize her with fire. Leo tells them he has a plan and tells them that he loves them. Before they can protest, Festus drops Jason and Piper to the ground. As they fall, they see Festus turn into a ball of fire, like a second sun. Also, randomly, a blaze comment with like a human scream streaks towards the sky, towards Festus, and Jason blacks out just as the two collide. The explosion turns the sky gold. Um, it was really funny because. In true Jason form, as Piper is telling Gaia to fall asleep, Jason starts blacking out. <laughs> Jason's like, that's a good idea. I need He's a like, I also want to rest. I am also tired of my abusive husband. And just like slowly starts <laughs> pass out. And so My he children also bl- died. <laughs> He's like, I also, I'm just so tired of all of this. So you know, I felt that was an homage to Jason as a character. <laughs> True great. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we know from your chapter what that human scream is. <laughs> oh, but, we do. <laughs> um, one of my notes is oh, back in the earlier chapters <laughs> when um Percy is talking 
to all the gods and he's making his case of how they have to go fight Gaia. Jason notes that Athena always looks at Percy very approvingly, which Mm. is like, I was like, that is the growth, the upgrade that we deserve. Mother-in-law is happy. I mean, after Mm -hmm. Tartarus, like, you know that he's not going anywhere. Maybe Tartarus was actually just like Athena being like, this is a test. (laughs) He's like, is this guy worthy of my daughter? Yeah. The only way to know. Um... What else? Um, I think that's... Oh, <laughs> I got into a whole thing in my own head about how Zeus was like, well, as the king of gods, you know, I can't show favoritism. I was like, a king of gods is a job title you made up. Like, oh, yeah. He gave himself that job title. I know. And I was like, but now you're using it as excuse not to hang out with your own kids after you have cheated on your wife and, like, essentially driven their mom into madness, into killing herself. Like... You can at least say hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Zeus is the worst. He's the worst. Well, yeah. He's not dad of the year. No. Poseidon is for saying brace yourself. <laughs> Zeus didn't even do that, you know? No. Jason was not letter. braced. That's Jason was not braced. <laughs> brace yourself, Jason. That's all he needed. That's all he needed. He would have dad. stayed conscious a lot longer if he had been told yeah. that. Oh. Oh, Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason. Well, that's the end of Jason's perspective. <sighs> Bye-bye, Jason. It's very exciting. Nice to, nice to see you. Nice I'm to glad. get to know you, Jason. We never, mm-hmm. like, properly said goodbye in the last... I feel like I wasn't keeping track when it was, like, the last of the character. I know. We did for Percy because we're yeah, emotional. It's a big deal. We didn't even do that for Annabeth. <laughs> we show favoritism to our children. Yeah. Where did our, our feminism out the door? <laughs> when it comes to Percy Jackson. Yeah. Oh, as her recall, this podcast doesn't pass the Bechdel test, so. <laughs> it really does not. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's do the last Nico chapters. Well, see, I'm acknowledging it. It's the last, ne- except we're getting a whole new Nico book, so it's really not that big of a deal. Anyway, Nico chapters 53 through 56. So we get a little like background on what happened for Nico during the battle because we saw in Jason's perspective, like Will coming up to Nico and Nico going off. So we get to learn just what that human cannonball was. Um, so in the middle of the battle, we enter into this chapter with Will coming up to Nico, and what he says to Nico is just one word, and it is Octavian, which naturally gets Nico's attention. Nico is kind of like that little bitch. We have to go deal with him. So they head out. They're halfway down the hill when they see the ground rumble underneath their feet, and they watch as Gaia appears in all her glory, and watch as she's snatched up by Festus and carried away, and like that whole other battle is going on. But Nico and Will have other problems. Octavian has been adjusting the onagers and getting ready to murder everyone. So Nico calls for his attention, which causes Octavian's robe to snag on the trigger of the onager. I guess Edna Mode was like really on my mind today. I was like, in my notes, I was like, she's right. No capes. They're dangerous. (laughs) Will then tells Octavian to step away from the onager that it's dangerous and but Octavian claims that with it he will shoot Gaia down and also take out Jason and Piper who they spot flying into the sky. Michael Cahill then appears on the scene and clearly notes like he clearly looks at Octavian's robes and sees that they're tangled in the trigger. Um, but Octavian is just like, yes, thank you for coming here my minion and tells him to guard him while he fires the onager and Michael is just like Yes, Octavian, and doesn't bother warning Octavian to step back and not, and like unsnag his robe before firing. So Octavian cuts the release wire and then he's launched into the air with the ammunition. By Octavian. 
They were all just complicit in his murder. They're so complicit. And I guess, like, as a reader, I'm not, like, I'm not really bothered. At all. I mean... I feel like I should, maybe, like, morally I should be, but... Mm. I don't know. How many people has Octavian killed? Probably exactly. a lot more than they've mentioned. And especially, like, who knows what he's done in order to, like, gather favor. Exactly. And he, like... The Greeks and Romans have also been fighting each other, so he's definitely responsible for killing people. I don't know who they are. Side characters. An unnamed politician, I'm not going to shout anyone out here, who's responsible Mm -hmm. for lots of deaths, either like, like, you know, via COVID or via Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. by misinformation or by just handling their responsibilities poorly. Mm-hmm. And their cape that they're wearing gets caught on a missile. I'm not going to stop them or under them. They're wearing a cape. They're wearing yeah. a cape. Like a true villain does. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would let it happen. Yeah. I wouldn't even... I honestly think, like, now that you put it that way, there are some people in this world... I wouldn't even set, do, like, what Will and Nico did, where you're kind of hesitantly... You're like, you probably shouldn't do that, man. I would just be like... I would like the missile myself i would have attached the cape to the (laughs) thing i would be there just like tying it on (laughs) something that we've discovered in this podcast is that aaron and i are actually a lot more villainous than we originally thought we're actually a lot more down for murder than we originally thought yeah if my cia agent listens to this like well it's out there (laughs) but like to be fair at my cia agent like you wouldn't do the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You haven't done the same, I'm sure. The so, like, they way. can't think I'm a threat. They see what I Google. They see <laughs> that I'm constantly Googling things just about, like, dog UTIs and oh, my tummy aches. I don't know. <laughs> like, okay. Anyway. Yeah, so Octavian's been murdered and they're mm. all very complicit. And we've learned that we also would be very complicit in it. Moment of silence for Octavian. Anyway. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> chapter 54. They so the chapter starts by saying like they don't have any answers in the aftermath of the battle to which I was like I don't think Rick did either. I think he just <laughs> wanted to move on. Like he was like I don't I don't care how this happened. I don't really care what happened to Gaia. We just know she's gone now. I'm I'm already drafting the next book. He's ready. Jason and Piper were plucked from the sky and brought to safety after the explosion, but But Leo never reappeared. They found no signs of Festus either. All the monsters have been destroyed or scattered, and the Greeks and Romans have been left to count their casualties. The good news is that Jason, Piper, and Leo's plan worked. Gaia is no longer a problem. She's dispersed and powerless, kind of described in the same way Oranos is, how, like, she's still the Earth and he's still the sky, but they're not, like, entities. They're not gonna go and destroy things, I guess. All the Romans and Greeks work together to repair things, and in the evening they all crowd into the dining hall, where also Hedge decides to introduce his new baby satyr, which I guess has no cloud in it. Whose name is Chuck after Chuck Norris. Okay. <laughs> Which is just so I feel like reading that was like a curse on my brain. I just <laughs> didn't want to know. I just yeah, also Clarice isn't godmother. That I'm interested in. I said I would like I would do a lot for a story about Clarice babysitting this strange satyr named Chuck. Oh, I'm sure she's like so tender with this. Right? I feel like with Percy's perspective, because that's all we've really seen Clarice in, it's a lot of him being surprised when she has emotions and she's actually very gentle because he's an asshole and she's just kind of mean to him. Yeah. But I feel like she's very love- tender oh. and very gentle with this baby. I'd love to see Percy see that happen too. Like Percy to walk in on her like rocking the baby to sleep and his mind just explodes because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to process that. Mm. So they all together, satyr satyr baby and demigods alike, all toast to their new friends. And at the campfire, Reyna and Frank, who Frank, as we recall, is now the Praetor, announce that they must return home the next day, but that this marks a new era of friendship between the camps. 
After Reyna's speech, she rock- walks right up to Nico, who is standing in the shadows, of course. And she, like, pulls him out of the shadows and hugs him as the crowd cheers, Ooh. which was... And Nico's, like, he says in his narration, he's, like, for once, he didn't want to, like, pull away. He was just, like, happy to be hugged. Oh. Yeah, Reyna knew how to, like, you know, break into that shell. It just took a lot of traumatic events and trauma bonding. A lot of bonding, mm-hmm. yeah. But I love it. So chapter 55, this one's pretty short. In the Hades cabin before the Romans head back, Nico and Hazel get some time to bond and they talk about like Hazel's plans to return to New Rome. They talk about Leo's death too because they both felt it happen as the children of Hades slash Pluto. But they also both felt that it was different somehow. But still they're like, he's dead. We know he's dead. Hazel then... It cries herself to sleep about Leo, and for the first time ever, after Hazel falls asleep and Nico finishes comforting her, Nico kneels at his father's shrine and prays for guidance. Mm. Chapter 56. So in the morning, there's a knock at the door, and Nico is met with a familiar blonde figure, who at first he's like, Will? And then he's like, oh, it's Jason. (laughs) All of us are disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... And we learn, too, that Nico has been convinced that Will hates him now for letting Octavian die, even though Will played an equal part in that, and has been avoiding him since. Nico's very relatable in this mm-hmm. moment. I feel, I'm like, I get why so many people relate to Nico, because Nico's like, well, Will hates me now, even mm-hmm. though there's no evidence for that. Jason fills Nico in that he's not going back to the, with the Romans. He's actually going to be going back and forth between the camps to build shrines. He's planning to stay at Camp Hotblood for a bit and then go back and work on his shrines. He's actually following through with his priesthood. Jason, however, has come to try and convince Nico to stay at Camp Half-Blood, because last we heard, Nico was like, I'm leaving the society forever and never mm-hmm. speaking to any of you again. But it turns out that Nico's already made up his mind to stay. There's no convincing that needs to happen. He says it's because he wants to redecorate the Hades cabin, but we all know it's because Nico is giving having friends another shot. And speaking of friends, or perhaps something more, behind Jason, Nico spots Will Solis, who is standing in the doorway of the Apollo cabin with a stern look on his face, motioning toward Nico and pointing at the ground by his feet. Like, Nico says it seems like he's saying, like, you here now. I love him being stern with Nico. So Nico goes over there. He's like, excuse me, Jason, I'm going to go talk to the better blonde person. (laughs) And Will is upset with Nico, but not for the reason that Nico thought. It's because Nico's been avoiding him and not helping out at the infirmary at all. Like from Will's perspective, Will's like, why have you been ignoring me? I'm dying in work over here. I could use some help. (laughs) You've just been like hiding in the shadows. Will tells Nico that he hopes he gets over his nonsense about leaving Camp Half-Blood, to which Nico says he's staying, and then asks Will how he's so comfortable just, like, talking to Nico like that, knowing that Nico can summon zombies and shit. Will says, right now you couldn't summon a wishbone without melting into a puddle of darkness, D'Angelo, which is just so good. I love their banter. Mm. And he demands that Nico do no underworldly stuff for three days, doctor's orders. Okay, so here we got a voice message about a Will Solis headcanon, and I wanted to play it. We got it a while ago, but I just, we didn't find a spot to fit it into the episode, so I thought it was a good place to play it. Hi, Camp Half Pod. My name is Zoe, and I'm a really big fan, and I just wanted to share with you a personal headcanon I have about Will Solis. Um, so I was reading chapter 13 of Blood of Olympus, and it's a Nico chapter, and it's where Nico's reflecting what's happening back at Camp Half-Blood. And Will is talking about getting rid of Octavian, and he says, I agree. I wish I was a better archer. I wouldn't mind shooting my Roman relative off his high horse. Actually, I wish I could use any of my father's gifts to stop this war. He looked down on his own hands with distaste. Unfortunately, I'm just a healer. So I had canon that Will is actually really insecure about his abilities, and even though he can heal a lot of people, there's probably also a lot of people that he's lost, and I know a lot of people think that with the Nico and Will relationship, spoiler, um, that it's mostly just Will comforting Nico, but I think Nico would begin to see through Will's mask of being happy and sunshiny all the time, and show Will that he doesn't have to be perfect all the time to be loved, and I just love them. So Angelo... (laughs) That's so cute. cute. I mean, that's why I liked them. I mean, the second time around, because I don't remember them the first time around. Mm -hmm. Because they seem balanced. It's not like 
Whereas like Piper and Jason don't feel super balanced because it's like Jason's got all the fight and Piper's the gaslight queen. So it's like (laughs) until she fell into her powers fully, it still didn't feel equal. This feels equal in that they both can lift each other up out of their insecurities and also they have a lot to offer. So that's, that's a great, that's a great point. I think that's very true. I'm excited to see that later on. Yeah. Me too. And I like, I think that fit fit in here because Will's clearly very stressed about working in the infirmary. Like he's not all sunshine and happiness. And I'm sure he's like honestly been seeing a lot of death there because they mentioned that there were casualties. Like, yeah, yeah. Just Nico is so in his head about himself being evil death man that he forgets that um, he can, like Will says in this, he's like, I could use a friendly face. And Nico's like, me? And he's like, my face? Because Nico forgets that like he can he can bring sunshine to other people, even if he is midnight rain. <laughs> well, I also see the other side of that going off what Zoe said is Will thinks that his skill is not important, like healing people. And so he thinks that Nico yeah. could do it. So he's like, why wouldn't you be here also <laughs> helping? So like it's very much where yeah. he doesn't realize that his skill is super important and super niche and so he's like mm-hmm. yeah son of the underworld please heal these people Come help and nico's like i caused death like i <laughs> probably shouldn't go in there yeah or you okay be around here <laughs> yeah. yeah oh it's incredible i just thought their their banter was so good but then of course it's interrupted at this point by our other favorite bantering couple percy and annabeth who are making a commotion in the center of the common Nico tells Will that he'll be right back. And, like, Nico's really bold here. Like, I don't know what comes over him, but he's very bold. And he goes to chat with Percy and Annabeth to see what's going on. They're both grinning like crazy because Annabeth has told Percy that they're going to spend their senior year in New York together. And then they'll both go to college together in New Rome. Nico tells them that he plans to stay at Camp Half-Blood 2 and Percy beams. And Nico kind of studies Percy for a moment. He's like, you know, a year ago, I would have loved Percy beaming at me like this. Like his green eyes, his grin. He realizes, though, that Percy just kind of looks like a normal dude now. Like the crush is gone. He no longer idolizes him. And so Nico then decides that now is the moment to tell Percy about his past crush, which I honestly, it's like, it's bold, but it also feels like he's just kind of fucking with Percy a little (laughs) bit here, which is so funny. And I'm actually just going to read it from the book because I found myself quoting like every other line of dialogue. And so I'm just going to read it. So Nico said, since we're going to be spending at least a year seeing each other at camp, I think I should clear the air. Percy's smile wavered. What do you mean? For a long time, Nico said. I had a crush on you. I just wanted you to know. Percy looked at Nico, then at Annabeth, as if to check that he'd heard correctly. Then back at Nico. You. Yeah, Nico said. You're a great person, but I'm over that. I'm happy for you guys. You. So you mean. Right. Annabeth's gray eyes started to sparkle. She gave Nico a sideways smile. Wait, Percy said. So you mean. Right, Nico said again. But it's cool. We're cool. I mean, I see now. You're cute, but you're not your, my type. <laughs> Burn. Which is, and then Percy's like, I'm not your type. <laughs> and then Nico walks back to Will Solis. And it's beautiful. And that is the end of Nico's perspective in this book. But not forever, because, you know, Rick is the, the gift that just keeps giving. Apparently, even though we... You know, we, we, we never asked for more Percy. Yeah. The but... Nico one, I want more of. Oh, the yeah. Percy one, I'm like, okay, okay yeah. <laughs> I guess. kind of wanted Percy to have a break, but like, I know. okay. I understand. Um, so my notes. Uh, first one, I was like, what a way to get rid of the problem of Octavian. Like, <laughs> I feel like Rick was like, wait, what do I do with this psychopathic murderer? Because oh, if they I'll keep him. Explode him. If yeah. she keeps him alive, he has a chance of being evil in the next books, and Rick's done with it. Mm-hmm. He's like, this character no. is done. We need a new villain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also thought it was so funny how flabbergasted Percy is whenever anyone has a crush on him. Like, Percy's also clearly processing. He's like, wait, Nico is, first of all, has feelings for people. They're me. <laughs> Nico's gay. Percy's like, I can be gay. I'm like, that's an option. Um, I just imagine Percy spent like it it ruined their entire night, and that the whole night he just kept being like, 
me and Annabeth had to like slap him eventually and been like, can you drop it? It's not that big of a deal, Percy. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm sure it. It, it, it recolors every interaction he has with Nico. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it, I'm sure he has a better relationship with Nico. I mean, I don't know. And we'll yeah. see in Trials of Apollo, but I can imagine he has a better relationship with Nico because he sees a I lot of so. that withdrawing and anger that he felt was not all because of this like trauma from Bianca. Some of it was, mm-hmm. but a lot of yeah. it was also this like, you know, these feelings that were festering and so mm, like yeah. a wound <laughs> like a wound like that's the way nico treated it he didn't treat yeah. it with a lot of love he treated it angrily and so also like i also love the back and forth of percy at first being really shocked that someone had a crush on him and then being fully offended that nico's like said that he's not his type anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too i love that at first he's like me and then nico's like you're not my type and percy's like hold on excuse me i'm everyone's type <laughs> Excuse me. He's like, have you seen how many women and now men have thrown themselves at me? <laughs> but then he's also just like, me? Little old me. I feel like Annabeth is like, Percy, I've been telling you for years that everyone keeps trying to date you. <laughs> She's like, this is why I'm jealous. swatting them away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've never noticed that before. He barely knows <laughs> Annabeth liked him. Like, it took a long time. It took a long time. He didn't even notice he liked Annabeth. I know, that's true. I just love, I think this was a great end. Because this is like the last bit Percy's really into, yeah. I think. I don't think he's really in the Piper chapter much, if at all. And so, it's nice. I think that's a good, very on-brand ending for Percy um, in this book and for Nico and... I just thought it was great. Love it. All right. Ready to move on to some lightning bolt questions? Yes, I am. Um, If you were Zeus, who would you be more angry at? Hera or Apollo? Or like some third random person? If I were Zeus, a lot of things would be different. (laughs) I know. I would run things really differently. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'd be more angry at Hera. Hera, like I want to, you know, women's rights, but women's wrongs also. (laughs) Hera, like, directly meddled against I'm Zeus, my orders. Whereas Apollo was at least, like, someone was manipulating him, which is, like, his own fault. He's also stupid. But Hera, it feels more calculated. Maybe I'm just like an Apollo fan, though. I feel like I have like I feel like he's the hottest god, so I'm like a little bit <laughs> biased. What do you say? I would say Hera too. I mean, Apollo okay. is stupid, and I think that yeah. he should be in trouble for like obviously being stupid and letting flattery win. But Hera, I think. Yes. I would have forgiven Hera up until the fact that she then was trying to like be like, oh, everything I've done was perfect. I would have yeah. been so mad at that moment because that's just... Where she was like, I meant for all of this to happen. Yeah. And like, aren't I a genius? My plan worked. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, shut up. You'd be very lucky that this turned out well. But like, you're also so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm mean, like I hard to put myself in Zeus's shoes. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> it's so Ew. gross over there. Disgusting. But yeah, yeah I think Hera is a little more at fault. But it is hard because her plan did work. It did work. Yeah, Apollo is just stupid. And like honestly, if his trials are just like fight this monster, collect this cornucopia, um, <laughs> that makes sense. Like his punishment, from what I understand, which is him turning into teenager is kind of like warranted he needs to be humbled a little bit and oh, not yeah, as easily manipulated i think hera needs to go to therapy and learn some self-worth yeah. but also hera needed trials <laughs> she needed trials but no one would have read not as marketable you know no one no the like trials of hera, as... it would be kind of yeah. fun to read not i would gonna... read it i mean her perspective would be so annoying though <laughs> mm-hmm. i feel but... like she's a god that's like a little less People, she's she's less likable than Apollo. Yeah. And I wouldn't yeah. just say because she's a woman. I think it's also because of... She's like... she feels yeah. yeah, she feels like a turf, not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. And I don't does. really want to read that <laughs> perspective. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. At least Apollo is, you know, a gay icon. <laughs> we 
can at least yeah, repeat that. Apollo is a twink. Apollo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. Um, this question we got on Instagram. So Eva asked, what song should be playing when Octavian is shot up with the cannonball and hits Gaia? <laughs> It's so um, good. Chandelier by Sia. <laughs> or Wrecking Ball. Oh, that's Ball a good one. Ooh, Wrecking Ball's Styles. good. Yeah. I was thinking that, what is that song? The There She Goes Again song? <laughs> like the really slow, nice one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's flying into the sky. <laughs> Ooh, I just I thought that was a great question. That's a great question. Quality. Especially because if he's screaming is still going on. And it's like a nice song by her. I'm gonna swing. <laughs> I can't sing, I feel like. Me neither. Was, yeah. But it's like we can try. <laughs> we try. Okay. Um the question I came up with was um because this like this chapter of Nico like talking about tell revealing his crush to Percy like gave me so much anxiety for like having crushes and then I was like have you ever told someone that you used to have a crush on them or has anyone ever told you that they used to have a crush on you (laughs) (laughs) you go first (laughs) um I think I've never told anyone that I used to. I feel like I'm not brave enough for that. Not even Mike. I mean, <laughs> I feel like he, he knows. Yeah, he I don't know that I've ever know. seen. He's actually he lived no idea. in suspense for this last Constant what two years of your marriage. <laughs> like I'm like I'm like I don't even remember like ever telling him I had a crush on him because it was such a like long drawn out. God, it took so long. Thing of everyone assuming we were dating and all our friends being like they're not, but we're gonna murder them if they don't start dating. Um, and has anyone ever? I've had situations like in middle school where like I told someone that I had a crush on someone and then they told other people. Ugh, yeah. And it was like, you know, kind of obvious. Like I remember in seventh grade, I had a crush on another boy named Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun fact, you know, the most like common name in the US um, <laughs> but for men. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I told one of his friends and his friend didn't tell Oh, the other Michael, but, but was very much like constantly like, Michael, go put your arm around Aaron Ooh. or like go stand next. And it was so embarrassing. I wasn't friends with that person anymore after that. <laughs> your trauma. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I have never, I've thought about it a lot. There mm-hmm. was somebody I was, I had a crush on like throughout high school. <laughs> I'm very rare to have crushes. It's, it doesn't happen very often. And so I always thought that, like, if I ran into this person again now as an adult, I would tell them mm. because mm-hmm. it was just so comical because I was, yeah. like, such – I had such a big crush on them. Yeah. Um, I have had people tell me that they've had crushes. They're a lot braver than I am. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's always been really funny to be, like – people who, like, were, like, oh, I used to like you back in the, the day. It's just crazy because I just, like – I also am like Percy, where I was like, me? I barely conceptualize myself as a person. So, like, the idea someone likes me is, like, crazy. That's, like, two steps too far. you analyze every interaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense. I'm like, oh, you were trying to hang out with me. (laughs) And I was making it difficult because I'm annoying. (laughs) You were like, I was inviting all my other friends. Oops. (laughs) I do appreciate it though. I think it's it's yeah. really fun to look back on and I think it's also it's a great way to be like, oh I used to it's a flattering. I think it's very yeah. flattering. Especially when it's like a thing of the past. Yeah. It can be like it's funny. If it's a current thing and it needs like action, oh. I that's mean. I don't want to know that information. You then keep that inside. Yeah. 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 Wait till you're over me. <laughs> I know. Man, God, I hate crushes. I know, right? Like, I, I like, like them, but I hate oh. them. Yeah, what a st- oh, yeah. <laughs> like the anxiety of having crush on someone and being afraid everyone will find out. Like, damn, Nico's really what a power move. I know to not only tell him he used to have a crush on him, but then straight up be like, "You're not my type anymore." <laughs> Sorry, you don't even have a shot anymore. Well, I'm glad he gets closure. You know, whatever yeah, way that he chooses to do it. Yeah, and it's not harmful. In fact, it's very flattering to Percy. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it probably like gives Percy like a little existential crisis, which I think he deserves a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I also, I mean, maybe it gives him something to focus on that isn't Tartarus PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh my God, Tartarus, he'll be like, Miko liked me all night. (laughs) Oh, so good. Okay. Um, Those are all our questions. So we next week we are going to be doing chapters 57 through 58 and also our season finale so we'll talk about like heroes of olympus as a series like as a whole and lightning bolt questions and like celebrate and then of course we'll be taking like a little break between the seasons we have like at least one bonus episode coming in december likely and then we'll be back probably like mid to late january um depending on when we can get the episodes recorded for Trials of Apollo. Yeah, so tune in next week for our finale and um, to hear some more of my bad predictions of what I think (laughs) Trials of Apollo is going to look like. (laughs) If you're interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description as well as a link to send us an audio message. And then you can follow us on social media at Camp Halfpod and you can send us an email camphalfpod at gmail.com. If you have not already, please leave us a review and rate us on whatever you use to listen to us. Goodbye!